0: back to Secondhand Sellers, where we talk about all things thrifting, resale, and secondhand. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Clayton.
0: Thanks for joining us again this week. We are back after a one-week break for the holiday season. We had Christmas. Uh, New Year's has passed us now, and we are here back with an episode. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys had a great season. Um, we'd love to hear how your resale went. We had a... I think I had a... I think you did, too. had a spike a few weeks prior to Christmas, and then... Ooh, has tapered off so yeah
1: yeah it was like two weeks or the week before christmas pretty decent sales mm-hmm. numbers keep going up and then that week before christmas flatlined and it was just like oh but by then i think most people already had their gift so let us know down in the comments below what you're reselling
0: yeah what'd you look like i know we had a we had that like i said we similar kind of thing where a few weeks before christmas mm-hmm. there was a little uptick we had a good weekend or two mm-hmm and then down. But I will say, there was a couple of those, like last ditch people right at the week of Christmas. And we sold, um, probably the star thing we sold that week is I picked up a set of 12 Days of Christmas goblets that were like somewhere. They were like hand painted with the 12 Days of Christmas,
1: you know, like easy. the song. Yeah. And
0: they were going good. I picked them up for 10 bucks. The whole set It was in the box and everything. Um, had been used but it was you know packaged nicely and everything um for 10 bucks at the goodwill and we sold that i think someone bought that for like 85 plus shipping wow. like I, it was really i can't <laughs> don't quote me on that but i was close to that hey. it's really high and um so we made like 50-ish maybe off of that I can't remember and that was like a few days before Christmas and it made it it made it before Christmas That's thank awesome. you FedEx <laughs> for, for getting it there but um yeah we did have that taper off
1: I actually sold one of those Christmas villages it wasn't department 56 mm-hmm. it was just one of the like I, the max or
0: something yeah
1: I can't remember but I did sell that like the Saturday before Christmas did it make it on time no oh! <laughs> it didn't make it on time. oh no but and I actually had my store on vacation mode because I actually didn't want to deal with shipping that weekend. I had too many errands to do, Uh and so the customer knew it wasn't going to make it before Christmas. But apparently, they really wanted it. Must have been
0: a good deal. Maybe if they needed that to complete their collection. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yeah. So here we are. We're getting back into the swing of things, um, post holidays. Want to get our stores chugging along. We've had a few sales here and there. Mm -hmm. Just. Real minimal though so we want to get back into that but we're going to talk today about the bottom feeder method and this is a sourcing method that you can adopt um to have a more casual i would say a casual approach to sourcing for resale
1: a um casual or guilt-free
0: yes guilt-free. so <laughs> We've talked before. We'll put them in the the. We'll put the links below in the description for a couple of resale ethics episodes that we've had, where we talk about the bad behaviors we see in other resellers, the reasons we think a lot of people think of resale as a dirty word, mm-hmm. um, and why we don't want to be associated with those things. Um, and the bottom feeder method is one way that you can feel guilt free for sourcing, and also. Um, I think avoid some of those nastier people. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be associated with them, if you don't want to deal with them. I don't like dealing with aggressive crowds. So anyway, do you adopt the bottom feeder? Do you want to talk about what the bottom feeder method is? Sure.
1: So what we believe the bottom feeder method is when it comes to resale, instead of going out, you know, right at the crack of dawn to hit up the garage sales or go to the estate sale, or wherever you go sourcing, you go to where people have neglected items and they don't care about them. You go on the last days of the sales, you go to the clearance aisles, you go to Goodwill when they have the half-tag days, or the Goodwill bins, other resources Mm -hmm. where people are practically giving away items because it has sat around for too long.
0: You can think of it as being a, a sort of a scavenger, too.
1: Scavenger. You're coming or... in and
0: cleaning up the mess. You're like that little sucker fish that you put in a fish tank yeah. that cleans up the algae and all the like debris. Yep. You're like that person. So you're cleaning up the, the what's left over. And I think you can find a lot of great stuff this way.
1: Yeah, you can find a lot of great stuff. And it's not only beneficial for whoever you're taking the items for, but it's beneficial, beneficial for you because you're generally getting it at a cheaper rate.
0: Yeah. You can make great deals, as yeah. we talked about before, um, by doing lots and things, especially mm-hmm. at garage sales and estate sales, where people are, it's the last day, they don't want to move anything, or it's going to go to the thrift or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just want it gone. Yeah. Um. So they're happy to give it to you for a good deal, and you're doing them a favor by taking it away. Yeah.
1: Do you have an example of something you did this past year? Where
0: There was a... Bo- oh... Let me think about that for
1: Okay, moment. I, you I, have, have one? I I have one. So I went to this one garage sale, and it was a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And this lady was like, everything has to go. I am moving today. Everything is free. Mm-hmm. I ended up taking a whole tote of Christmas stuff. I asked her, I'm like, I, can I take the tote with me? She's like, by all means, I don't want it. So I took this entire tote of Christmas stuff. I ended up selling Close to like $150 worth of stuff out of that tote didn't cost me a dime. And there's a lot of extra stuff in the tote Mm -hmm. that I didn't list on eBay before Christmas because it either wasn't worth my time or it was worth hardly anything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That is all going to goodwill because I don't want to deal with it. And in a sense, I'm just giving away something that cost me nothing. So what do I care?
0: So you saved, you probably saved her a trip to Goodwill or whatever yeah. thrift store she goes to. Mm-hmm. Um, you got it out of her house. Mm-hmm. You made a little money, then you passed on the rest. Yep, That's a great example of the bottom feeder method. Um, I did think of something. So okay. I went to a, uh, an estate sale. I think it was the last day, if I remember correctly, because it, the house was pretty picked over by the time I got there. And I went, and this was, this, so for those of you who don't do estate sales a lot, the companies vary a lot in how they conduct business. Some estate sale companies, especially higher end ones, higher price ones, have very organized um, estate sales. They tend to have expensive houses that they get for their like business. Um, things are, like I said, orderly, sometimes cleaner, that kind of thing. And then there's in between and then there's people the state companies that like they'll set a few things out the price some stuff and then they'll just leave like I, this is especially for houses that are they go into and they're crazy like overwhelming mm-hmm. or ho- maybe even hoardery borderline hoardery and people just don't want to deal with sorting through everything and so they won't have everything priced you literally are supposed to grab stuff and take it up to them and ask a price or negotiate a price. Mm-hmm. so this was that kind of sale. It was the last day, too, so they were even more more that way. And the more you estate sale, the more you start learning which companies are this way and which are not. Um, my cousin is has been in the resale game for a really long time. She tends to be, she would say, I think, that she's a scavenger. She might be watching, so she can comment below if I am correct on that. I think she may have described herself this way. <laughs> um, but she'll go and she'll dig around in the basements where there's just a pile of junk, junk. And pull things out that are are worth money, but everyone else is overlooked because they don't want to dig or it looks dirty. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing. We talked about washing and how important that is, especially for like glass stuff. It completely changes the look of something. Yep. So I went to this sale anyway, I've tangented. <laughs> been ten- I am tangential anyway. Uh, so I went to this sale and it was like I said, pretty picked over. I found a few things. Like I found, I pulled out, I got a Chemex for myself out of the kitchen. And if you're familiar with that coffee method, the Chemex. Um, and then I went to the basement and there was piles of everything. And I pulled out turkey platter and two turkey plates. Um, I think I got two turkey mugs there. Um, I got... The real, the real winner, thing. I got a few. A cookbook, a few things. I basically, I got a, a, a lot. And the real winner of this sale was um, the Island of Misfit Toys. Mm. Are you are you familiar with yeah. this? Call that classic, Rudolph, like, right? yeah, yeah, that whole, like, genre of claymation, mm-hmm. classic Christmas film. Um, I bought a bunch of ornaments. They were sold at CVS originally, and there was five of them, six of them? I don't know, five, I think five. And they had boxes. They were all in their original box. I think they had been used, but they had been put back in the box. Except for one, which was in the incorrect box. Mm. And so I got this whole lot of stuff. I went up, negotiated with the guy. Again, I think it was the last day of the sale. It might have even been towards the end of the last day of the sale, like the afternoon. Um, and I think I got all that stuff for like 10 bucks. I got that. I got some um, 90s postcards, like travel postcards from Ireland and England. And I just picked up a bunch of stuff whole thing. And out of that lot, I sold the two turkey plates. I sold the two turkey mugs, which unfortunately one handle broken shipping. So we had to get five bucks back on that, but it all worked out in the end. Um, I sold the Island of Misfit toys and I sold them for a good amount of money. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll pop it in the video. Um, it was a lot and I paid 10 bucks for the entire lot. I kept the turkey plate or the turkey platter for myself. I kept the Chemex it was a great sale, but it was a bottom feeder kind of thing. Yeah. I had to go, I had to dig, and also some of the stuff kind of smelled like patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> it all, all kind of smelled like patchouli, which I realized after I got home. But anyway, it all worked out, and that was one of those things that was like, I paid almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, the, diff- the problem with the bottom feeder, I shouldn't say the problem, you have to be prepared when you're a bottom feeder, because often it means more work. So in this case, I was in someone's basement, a lot there were piles of things everywhere it was not clean and tidy and pleasant I had to dig around mm-hmm. um but I found some great stuff there
1: and sometimes when you have to put in that much extra effort it does really pay off um when it, another example I have uh, mm-hmm. I dumpster dive
0: oh I, you're hardcore <laughs> he's a hardcore he's a bottomist of bottom fingers I
1: don't I don't intentionally go out and hunt for dumpsters um But my apartment complex, people throw stuff out. All the time. And so far this year, I've pulled out um, a laptop, two PlayStation 3s, a Wii U. Insane! um, A box full of mismatched cords and stuff.
0: Working? Does does some of this stuff work?
1: The Wii U worked.
0: That's insane.
1: Yep.
0: Who are these people? I don't know
1: about the PlayStations yet because I have a terrible habit of going cool this is great i don't have the time to work on it Um, and it went into my death pile so
0: i'd like to know do you guys know people like this (laughs) that just throw out perfectly good stuff because if i were even if i were so inclined Mm -hmm. i would probably list it for free on facebook marketplace or in a free group like i'm a member of a free group i would be inclined to like give it away or ask my friends or family or whatever not just throw it in a dumpster, yeah. which seems crazy to me. One, it's really wasteful. And two, why would you throw out something that's perfectly good, especially yeah. tech?
1: It, the Last night, I'm walking the dogs and Rubbermaid Tote.
0: Perfectly good? No I cracks? was
1: I, I was like, oh, cool. It's in the trash because it doesn't have a lid. Pulled it out. The lid's underneath. I Nothing wrong with it. I don't know what's wrong with it. I said, I'm going to take it home. Wash it.
0: Somebody would have taken so, that off a of free group in a hot second. Yep.
1: Because if you go to the store, you buy those, they're minimum $5 for a small
0: one. Mm-hmm.
1: And this was a, you know, your average medium sized you Yeah, resellers.
0: And reseller I'm, so you can and definitely I'm going like, to
1: I'm that. <laughs> use that. In fact, I already know what I'm going to put into it and it's just like cool. I don't have to buy one now. But
0: And I will say my dad, I don't know if he would frame himself as a dumpster did I, dumpster diver. He would call himself a scrapper. Mm-hmm. So he's a scrapper. He drives around in his crappy truck and picks up um, metal, scrap metal. But in the process of doing this, he has found perfectly good things. Um, a lot of people think a lot of vintage stuff is trash, or if it doesn't work, that it's automatically mm-hmm. trash. Um, I think I think on this podcast we have talked about, I talked about, how we sold a radio that didn't yeah. work. Someone wanted it for the decor value. My dad found that scrapping. My dad, I'm going to keep it, but he found a cast iron uh, Christmas tree stand. Like for oh, a, cool, a live Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep it. But I looked up comps on eBay just to show them. And I was like, if you ever find one again, do not scrap it. 50 bucks. Resale. I mean, Because a brand new cast iron one is like 100 yeah. or more. And this one, it came up as... LL Bean too. It didn't It oh. la- wasn't labeled LL Bean, but it matched a listing that somebody had as LL mm-hmm. Bean. So I don't know if that's. I can't confirm that exactly, but it implied um, that it was the LL Bean one. But even a non-branded one, they do have value, mm-hmm. and he finds stuff all the time. Yeah. And I think some of it is, I think especially at apartment complexes, there's a, a possibility that there was a domestic disturbance and someone threw out someone else's stuff. Um, also, it could be possible to houses. But some people just want to get rid of stuff. And he's noticed a few times that people will carefully set things out to the trash expecting somebody to pick it up. Yeah. Um, in fact, they just don't want to go drop it off.
1: We, we've done that before mm-hmm. where we had um, a desk. It was kind of broken up on the top. Mm-hmm. Wasn't great, but I don't have a vehicle to haul it. We just took it out, put it right next to the dumpster. Within uh, under a day, it was gone. Someone picked it up. And then what was really funny was three or four months later, it was sitting back out at the dumpster, <laughs> so somebody else used it. And they got rid of it. And they got rid of it, so.
0: So I think there's a, there are some, like you said, you didn't have a car, it would have been too much. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been worth it to rent something to get rid of something like that. No. Um, but I think. And
1: thankfully, thankfully, our apartment complex does allow us to throw out our furniture and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was like, okay, I can put it into the dumpster.
0: Or leave it here to see if somebody else could use it. Yeah. So yeah. I think there are, there are legitimate reasons that people do this. Mm-hmm. It is a little more puzzling when it's something techie or something you list on a free group and somebody else would just come by and pick it up. Yeah. Um. But people are how people are. Yeah. So um. that is, I would say, like you said, the most bottom feedery It's like literally you're pulling it out of the garbage. Yeah. Which it blows my mind because I know, because I know what my parents, my dad has found, I know what you have found, um, the amount of extremely good thing, like really good working items, that guaranteed end up in the landfill because mm-hmm. nobody got them.
1: Yeah. Well, and that and that goes two ways. That could be an entire video on itself. Yeah. The businesses that are incredibly wasteful. oh
0: yeah drives me nuts. If anyone's ever watched, it, I, I watched a documentary called I think Dive. It mm-hmm. was all about like food waste and, and how much. But that's a different issue. That, this that's a whole new topic. That it, this is just. <laughs> Like, you're everyday people. Mm-hmm. And I think you see it, too, if maybe somebody has died and they didn't hire an estate sale company. That's why I think it's a good idea to hire a estate sale company if you mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed by what is left. Um, they provide you a service. You get some money. They get some money. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who don't do that and they're just cleaning out a house or they buy a house and the previous people left a bunch of crap, mm-hmm. which happened here at our house. It wasn't a ton, but they definitely left some stuff. A couple of things I sold on Facebook Marketplace um husband was shocked when I sold, like, a plastic bench end on, on Facebook Marketplace for 10 bucks or whatever. Um, but people just throw it to the road. Yeah. Or they there's a certain type of person, they see, oh, it's old, it's not worth anything, throw it to the road. Yeah. So, anyway, we're off topic a little bit. I mean, it's <laughs> on topic, but...
1: Slightly, but It's right.
0: It's in-depth. Right. So, anyway.
1: Do you have any other um, advice or tips for practicing the bottom feeder method?
0: Um, For one... Adjust your ex- expectations two ways. I think some people think that if it's left over, if it's in the discounted, if other people didn't value it, that it doesn't have value, and that is not true. Um, I talked down here. It's not exactly the full-on bottom feeder method, but it's a mid-range. Um, the art pieces that I bought, mm-hmm. they went through an entire first day of the sale, and as it turned out, they were marked at fifty dollars a piece. What they were not a bad, they were a cheap price to begin with. And I got them second day discounted because no one valued them that first day, mm-hmm. and it was the same with a couple of uh, that same sale. Uh, the, some of the wine glasses that I found that were in a box, tucked up. I, tons of people had been through that house that first day, including me, um, and it went through a whole first day and part of a second day, and nobody had taken them. Yeah. So just because other people don't see value in things, does not mean that it's not valuable, and it's especially true if it's something kind of polarizing. So maybe it's a statue or something that's a little weird and funky that is niche where a certain type of person would love it, but a lot of other people don't. You can, you can find those things the last day because they're just there. Or um, the other thing where I think you need to moderate your expectations is um, the work involved. Because mm-hmm. like I said, with my first example, I got a lot of great stuff at that sale that worked out really good for us. That one where I had to go and dig in the basement, but I literally had to be in a place that was not ideal. Mm-hmm. I didn't love digging around in a dirty basement and in piles of things. You
1: don't sign up to do that for free all the time? <laughs> yeah.
0: Not, It's not my favorite estate sale environment, yeah. but because of those conditions and because the estate sale company did not have to deal with that. They didn't have to go through all that and set it up and make it pretty and price everything they'll give you a deal on it. Mm-hmm. So, you have to be prepared to work. If you go in on a sale day at the thrift store, if our our thrift stores, our Goodwill in particular, only has one day a week that they have a sale, you're probably going to have to fight more of a crowd to find that stuff. But it's stuff that's sat there for a long time and that they want a discount. Mm-hmm. Um garage sale, you know, maybe you have to take a box of stuff like you did with your Christmas stuff and maybe some of that stuff you don't want or you don't there isn't value in it. And you have to take it as a favor to that person mm-hmm. to get the things that you want. And so those kinds of things, I think, when you when you try to adopt this method, those kinds of things are things you have to take into consideration. Yeah. Did you have any more to say about this? No. Or another no, great I, example? Of... I, I
1: think that's great. I think we put it well.
0: All right. So. We would love to hear if you do this. Are you a bottom feeder? Do you do you skim off the top and go in the first day and see what you can find for a good deal? Um. Without being rude because if you're rude we don't want you around here <laughs> <laughs> but um, we love to hear if you guys also find value in things that other people have just passed over again and again
1: we'd love to hear about them down in the comments below
0: what's your top find? top five thanks for joining us today and um join us again next